Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to Misunderstood Lounge. This is your host, Lila, and today is episode four, season one. Today, we're going to be interviewing Frankie Parella, and we're going to be talking about addiction, some some type of gang violence, prison life, um, you know, just really understanding what how it is to be an addict and how it is to recover and how it is to get out of prison, how, how does it feel to be free and everything. Just really talking and getting in depth with that. Um, some advice he'll be telling the younger generation. Just listen and take his advice. If you're struggling with addiction, you know, there's always help. But if you're an addict and you're struggling with anything, or if you're an alcoholic, if you're struggling with drugs or drinking, just please know that there is help. There is help out there. And change does start within. So just don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to want help because, like I said, change comes from within. Um, and I will be reading a little inspirational quote. It's okay to start the fuck over if you have to. Did you fuck up? Start over. Did things fall apart? Start over. Every day isn't a new beginning. Every moment is. I know, deep as hell, right? Quit holding on to old mistakes and shit. Just start over. Every day is a new beginning, y'all. Every moment is a new beginning. Every minute is a new beginning. Just know change happens, and you really have to want it. But anyway, let's get on with this podcast, episode four, featuring Frankie Parella. Um, make sure you go check out the rest of the episode, I guess. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at misunderstood underscore lounge. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Misunderstood Lounge. This is Delilah. We're here with a special guest, Frankie, and today we're going to be talking about addiction, some recovery, just overall life, and see where it's going to go from here for Frankie. All right, all right. Well, my name is Frankie Parella. I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm 32 years old. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I've been living out here since 2014 after I got out of prison in New Mexico. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. So what what have you struggled with from coming out of prison? What was it like from everyone? What was misunderstood? Well, I mean, I guess just like, you know how it is. Like when you get out of prison, everybody just has that label on you right away that you're like just a bad person. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like... I mean, in there, you don't know, like, there's a lot of good people that you'll meet, you know? So that was one of the main things. And then just, like, career field, like, I got my certification in HVAC while I was in prison. I got my GED in there. That's good. That's like, good. yeah, I I mean, I've cut hair for already, like, seven years. Like, you so, said I cutting mean, hair? Yeah. Oh, you know, that's cool. Uh, recently, we had a barber on the podcast, too. Vando Blends, you guys should check out that episode as well. Okay. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, you got your GED in there. Was it hard getting that? Do you feel accomplished when you got it? Yeah, I feel really accomplished. I mean, you know, I, I've been in trouble since I was 13 years old in and out of the system. Yeah. And I'm 32. Like, this is the first time ever in my life where I've, like, really been out of all trouble, you know? Yeah. And I, like, don't have no legal stuff pending anymore. And I, I do have two little girls, which I forgot to mention, Paisley and Evangeline. I mean, those little girls are my world. And, uh, I mean, it's just, 
like, I don't know, I'm just striving to be a better fucking man. But yeah, I'm just striving to be a better man for them, you know? I mean, just like, yeah, like my addiction got, like I said, I've been addicted to drugs since I was 13 years old. And like I had five years clean when I got out of prison and some stuff had happened. I, I got five years in Arizona Department of Corrections also when I moved from New Mexico. And I did five years out here too. And um, when I got out here, like I, I stayed clean for five years and I ended up relapsing for a week and just took some pills that were prescribed to me. But, you know, in my recovery, like even if they're prescribed to you, if they're mind altering, you're not you're not sober, you know? Yeah. So you, you just like abuse the prescription drugs. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, uh, and so I was just hit the ground running again and I started doing fentanyl that just like, but I've never been in a situation where I'm in now to where I've wanted something so bad in my life. Like I want to be sober, like, mm-hmm. and I know if I don't put my sobriety first, then I'm not going to be able to take care of my kids. I'm not going to be able to take care of myself. Like, I don't know, something that's just really clicked to me to where, like, that whole gang, gang life and that whole prison mentality that I've had for so long is just, like, I just want to put it so far behind me like I've never had before, you know? Yeah, I feel you. 15, and I I have struggled with, uh, so I've been to inpatient, I've been through, I, I kind of wanted to reach out to you because I've seen that you're uh, recovering and one thing that I have gone through is like from a younger generation is I had went through the pills. I had went through like all these different things and the gang violence. I know what you're saying. I used to hang out with people in gangs and it was just not overall good. I want to know, do you have any advice to the younger generation? Oh yeah. Like a lot. I mean, it's just, you know, like you, like a lot of people out there want to like glorify that lifestyle and that is not the life to go like it's not like i have gotten i've gotten shot in my stomach living that gang life like i lost a kidney half my liver part of my intestine fractured my lumbar two and three they thought i was going to be paralyzed the rest of my life like i have a scar going down my whole uh abdomen and like it's just like that's not a life you want to live like that life takes so much from you and no matter what anybody tells you in that lifestyle like in the games like everybody always tries to say like that's my other family that's my other family no it's not because once you go to prison and once you are by yourself like in prison like they ain't gonna ever reach out there's not one person in my neighborhood that I was from in Albuquerque or or anywhere like that ever reached out to me to help me like my own family does you know yeah that's true when you when you go away for like a while, you do some time. Like I went to, I went to like a mental hospital, like inpatient. And when I was in there, I almost got sent to juvie and everything. It's like you realize who's your true friend and who's fake. Because to be honest, all these people they say I'm gonna ride for you, I'm gonna ride for you. But at the end of the day, when you get sent away and do like even like a month, you'll realize who's your fake friend. But you're there for a while. You're gonna see who's real, who's fake. Yeah, for sure. And like, and I mean, like I said, like, there ain't one person that could tell me anything different about that gang life or like even just that prison mentality also like, because you know, there's also prison gangs too, that I was part of. And it's just like, even in there, like, they'll, they'll want you to do stuff. And 
you think if you get in trouble in there, they're going to ever put money on your books or they're going to do anything for you. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, so they could say it as much as they want. It would never happen. Yeah, for sure. I feel you on that. What, what was some, what was some struggles getting out of prison? Like, was it hard to find a job? Was it hard being around the drugs? Like, cause when you get out of prison, it's like, you could be in prison and there's not like as much stuff that you can get into, into trouble and do drugs, but when you get out of prison, you're more freedom. You get more freedom, a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Was it hard handling that freedom for you? I know, like, and I don't know if I've already asked, but um, I think I have asked recently. Um, That when you get out of prison, like, it's a new freedom. It's a new, like, you get all these opportunities. Was it hard to handle those all at once? Or what was... I mean, was yeah. Fresh out. Um, like fresh out, like, you know, like the day I got out, like I, my mom had picked me up from the parole office and because the van from prison took me all the way to the parole office. So she picked me up and like my mom was like, I got in the car with my mom and like, I'm constantly just looking over my shoulder. Like, you know, like, cause you're not used to being out in the free world. I did five years flat and like, my mom was driving and like, I kept like yelling at her to slow down, slow down. Like, and she wasn't even speeding, but it felt like she was speeding. So it's just like every little thing, like will mess with you. Like, and I mean, just from all the, uh, like all the PTSD I have from like getting yeah. shot and stuff like that. Like it really messes with me sometimes. And so I was just like super paranoid of like ever getting in trouble again, you know, like, uh, I mean, straight up scary about getting in trouble again. Like, that's how bad, like, and I mean, it just was, it was nerve wracking to tell you the truth. It really was. So would you say that, like, being, going through all these, like, gang violence, drugs, prison, was that, did that cause you to have, like, mental health, like, uh, disorders, like PTSD you had mentioned? What about, like, anxiety and depression? Like, has it caused any of that? Oh. Oh, guaranteed. I have severe depression I've gotten diagnosed with. I've gotten diagnosed with severe anxiety. Like, um, I mean, and it's just, I mean, I don't think I'll have to deal with that the rest of my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And it it is pretty sad. And I think that's why a lot, like, after I got got shot when I was 19 uh, in 2009. And, um, I mean, after that, I really hit the ground running. Like, I shot heroin. I, I've been, I was, I was at literally 15 years old. Yeah. I feel and like- I'm, thir- yeah, and I'm 32 right now. So, <laughs> so you think it, it has took a big toll on your life? Sometimes, like, a lot of my, like, kids my age, like, 17, 15, a lot of kids start mm-hmm. when they're like 14, 13, and then it's just growing up. They, they say it's all, oh, they're my brotherhood. They're, it's for the brotherhood. It's all these different things. It's like, yeah, but when you get locked up or, like, when you get sent away somewhere, they're not going to be there. Or, like, yeah, they're drugs, not. a lot of people, they go to rehab, and they come out, and they still want to do drugs. Like, I think it really, yeah. you it really have to take a strong, strong opinion to, like, mindset, maybe, to, like, take, to want to stop, you know? Like, for me, when I was doing pills, um, I had got sent away to like an inpatient for like 30 days. And then I had like went through like a detox kind of, and, uh, and then I got, I got out and I just didn't, I wanted to stop everything. And yeah. I started being like spiritual. I don't know if you're like spiritual or anything. Oh yeah. Religious. 
But very no. Yeah, exactly. I feel like after going through all of that, hanging out with the wrong side of people, like just doing all these drugs, drinking, all that stuff at a young age, it's like I just I've gotten more in touch with like God and I was like, you know, he like if no one's there, at least I have God to talk to. Or like, exactly. Because that's what all when I was in the inpatient and when I was in like the rehab stuff like that, um, all these in all these uh places the only person I was really there was God. I would pray, and I, I felt like the yep. only person I could talk to was God. Exactly, and I feel you on that. It's so much like, and I have such a good relationship with, with God now. And of course, I'll say my higher power because everybody has a different God. Yeah, exactly. I, For me, it's my higher um, power as well. Yeah, and it's just like, like you said, like there nobody will, and and that's another thing. Like if you have to put you have to put your higher power first in your sobriety also because if you don't if you don't put your higher power in you first like there's no succeeding there's not because i tried every other way before i've been in so many rehabs i have been in so many like so many inpatient outpatient halfway houses since i was since i was 17 years old and i have tried every other way to do it and i could never do it without putting myself first and my higher power first. If yeah. I try to do it for my family, it wasn't going to happen. If I try to do it for my kids, it wasn't going to happen. I have to do it for myself. Yep. I think that's also a very hard thing. If like if people, if you're doing like um, drugs or alcohol, if you're drinking, um, if you're doing uh, all these gangbanging things, a lot of the mindset is it's, oh, it's family first. Every It's my friends first. But no, I think, in order to like realize what you're actually doing, you have to put yourself first and put yourself in your own shoes and look at, look at yourself being like, so this isn't right. I'm only like, I'm young. I shouldn't be doing this. I got a whole life ahead of me. Exactly. And I mean, drugs, like it's insanity from what, like it's straight. I am insane to go back to drugs after mm-hmm. how many times I kicked them. And I've been on 190 milligrams of methadone before. I kicked that cold turkey, like literally stayed up for 11 days straight hallucinating. Like they had to take me to a mental hospital because I was hallucinating so bad um, from staying up. And I was banging my head on the freaking walls and the concrete because I wanted to feel physical pain and not that mental fucking the mental just uh, just obsession of wanting more drugs, you know? Yeah, I feel you when. When I was, like, I would come, like, I would stop doing, uh, like, I was really addicted to nicotine. Like, I quit that cold turkey, and I stopped, like, smoking weed. I I think, like, the heaviest drug I've done was probably just, like, some psychedelics. I haven't done, like, anything too bad, but, like, I, I know some people that have, like, my aunts and my uncles, like, I, and I can see how it affects them, you know? From, like, the yeah. outsider's perspective, it is, like, it's hard. It's hard what you go through, and you're so strong for not doing that stuff anymore for quitting cold turkey experts that takes a lot from a person do you realize how strong you are from doing that you're brave i pre- i appreciate that man that means a lot it does yeah. like because i mean you know i mean you know what i'm saying like a lot of people like say that we're weak-minded drug addicts and this mm-hmm. and that but when you when we do come to the realization that the only where other where we could go is up like and yeah. I came to that realization, like, I don't want to be homeless anymore. I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to stick a needle in my arm anymore. Like, and 
and don't get me wrong, like still sometimes I do have cravings and, mm -hmm. but I will never, like I call my sponsor if I ever have a craving, like my sponsor probably gets so mad at me because I will call him and call him and call him if I ever have a problem mm -hmm. with something. Like, and I do, do want to give a big shout out to Crossroads, uh, Crossroads, uh, rehabilitation center in Phoenix. Uh, they did, they continue to help me out and that's where I got sober at. And I did inpatient there 60 days and the staff there, I have never been to a, a rehabilitation center like there. Like, I mean, they help you with anything you need. There's counselors, uh, therapists on site, like. And it's all, as long as you have state uh, insurance, like, of course, like, because, you know, we don't make enough money or whatever. I mean, it, they pay for it all, you know? Mm -hmm. And even yeah. aftercare plan, like, they do. So, I mean, Crossroads has really helped me change my life to the fullest. That's like good. I, like, like, I owe them so much. And, like, I will be volunteering there. And try, I might be getting a job there tell you the truth so I hope that does work out for me and I mean because I do want to give back to the recovery community and just help other addicts because I know how hard it is to want to to actually want it like because I've never like I told you like I've never wanted something so bad in my life like I do now mm -hmm. and that is to stay yeah. clean and sober and be the father and the man that I know I can be yeah uh, what got you into doing drugs and the gang violence and all these different things? What got you into that? Well, you know what? Um, to tell you the truth, my mom and my mom and my okay, my 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 real dad, my biological father, he was in prison when I was very young, very very young. Mm -hmm. So my mom ended up remarrying, and my dad Damien, uh, was with my mom since I was two years old. I think of him as my dad, you know. And, um, like him and her ended up splitting up when I was like 11 and 12 years old, they got in a big ass argument. Like I could remember that night, like it was yesterday, like, and he smacked, he accidentally smashed her hand in the door. He ended up going to jail for it. Like, so our whole family got fucking torn apart. Like I went to live at one of my friend's house. My little sister went to live with my grandma. My older sister went to live with my auntie. Like, so we all got split apart. And after that, like, I was at my friend's house for like two months and then my dad finally ended up getting us all back together. But then he was a single father. My mom ended up getting into the drug scene and um, she ended up using a lot of drugs too. And so we didn't talk to her for a couple of years. And um, so my dad was doing it all on his own. So he moved us to a different side of town. And of course, all that with that happened with my mom and my dad, like it put a big toll on me and my sisters, you know, and yeah. like, I think that's what kind of was a big, big, just a big like push for me to like try to find uh, acceptance somewhere else because my dad was at work so much, you know, and don't get me wrong, like my stepdad Damien and my mom are both very good parents like they are the end. I can't ever say nothing bad about neither one of them, but they were going through their shit too, you know? So, I mean. Yeah, so you didn't really have no one. Exactly. So. I feel you on that. So, the reason why I had started using was because basically what happened was, like, I just felt like I had no friends. I had, 
Like, my family didn't understand me. I felt like my aunt, no one didn't understand me. I felt so alone. And it's like, I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder as well. So, at the time, oh. I didn't know I was bipolar. Okay. But, but I had I had started using because, like, I felt like it was my only way out. You know, like, drinking, especially, I would say I was, like, an alcoholic for sure. When I would get mad, I would, I would drink. When I would get sad, I would drink. And then... I, I I had I was in a few toxic relationships and I quit cold turkey. I quit everything at once. I just stopped. Like, Man, super props. I just didn't props. want to be that person no more. Yeah, I give you super had... props for that. It's hard, especially as young as you are. Like, like just the young generation nowadays, dude. That's all that they want to do is either smoke weed yep. or do pills or take yeah. Molly, and it's just crazy. Yeah. So. Do you have friends? Do you have people you can talk to, like, uh, that that don't do drugs or alcohol or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Now, like, uh, when I got out of prison, I was seeing this girl, and me and her got in a fight. One day, I was living at her apartment. When I got out of prison, my baby mom ended up going to prison, and, like, so I started living at this other girl's house. She kicked me out one night. I was on the side of a Safeway. And I had all my bags and everything. And this guy approached me and he's like, you know, Jesus loves you. He told me. And I said, yeah. And he's like, are you okay? And he's like, um, I told him really what was happening. And I told him, you know, I have a full-time job. I'm working. Like, you know, it just sucks when I pay rent somewhere. And I pretty much just broke it down to him. And he straight up told me that day, he's like, I got a room you can rent right now. And he now I go to their church. I go, to, that's my church that I go to now. And there's a group of us guys. Uh, there's about 12 of us now that go to men Bible study. And those guys don't use drugs, nothing. I have never been in a better group of guys than them ever in my life. Like that is good. Yeah. And they're a huge support system for me. Like huge. I've never had that before in my life. So yeah. Yeah. I feel you. And it, it's really hard. It's like right now, for me, I don't really have a lot of friends. I only have one good friend that's like he doesn't really do any any um drugs. He doesn't drink or anything like that. Which is like most of the people that I would hang out before they were they would always be like, oh, I got like an eighth. Do you want to go smoke? And I'm like, no. They, they're like, I got half a perk. Do you want to take it? I'm like, no, I don't do that stuff no more. And it's like when I quit doing all those bad things like, um, like drugs and drinking, everyone was just so surprised. They didn't believe me at first. They're like. Lala, you're not going to last a month. You're not going to last a week. And there's, like, those haters. There's haters oh, yeah. that will tell you those things. And it's it's important to, like, not be yourself up about it and, like, really think, like, I made it this far. I can make it a year again. Like, I've been sober for, like, probably um for, like, weed and alcohol, like, a year and pills. And then I've been sober from nicotine for, like, two months now. Man, but, congratulations. Thank you. I started using when I was like 13 or 12. And then I had stopped when I was 15. I'm 15 right now. But um, what I was going to say was, like, it's hard for me to make friends because everyone that I hang out with that I know been to school with, I've been to four different schools. And everyone, every school, it's always, oh, do you want to go smoke weed? Do you want to go drink? Oh, do you yeah. Wanna go do you want to go do the psychedelics? Like, no, I don't want to. I want to do better for myself. I want to be in a good career. You know what I'm saying? I'm young. I don't need to be doing that right now. Yeah. But it's like, and it's really hard because like COVID, I can't really like 
go do things like the um church like some of the churches that i used to go to they haven't opened up yet or they're like scared to because of the covid and stuff but has covid affected you with your addiction at all or no not really like i live in uh I've never really lived in a big city like I do now, like in Phoenix and I, uh, like Mesa was right next to it. Like you would never even think like when I got out of prison that COVID was going on because yeah, they try to mandate the mass stuff and stuff like that, but nobody goes by it really like, and you know, drug addicts are going to move no matter what. They don't give a shit. So, uh, I mean, it really didn't affect me. Like, this time when I got out of prison, like, I got a job the day I got out. Like, it, I mean, everything just pretty much fell in my lap, you know? Yeah, that's that's pretty good, actually. Um, yeah. I know my uncle, my uncle Roy, uh, he he was in prison for 25 years, and he was, it was supposed to be for life. And he got out on good behavior, and he was even on TV talking about how he accepted God into his life, and yeah, it was hard for him. Have you? I know what he did was he started working construction. Have Have you ever like done anything like that, like to get? Oh, you said you got your GED, right? Yeah, that's what I do. That's what I do now. I build trusses for houses. It's pretty much construction. Oh, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. So in some way, you're giving back to the community. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, but I just think you should be proud of that. Well, I it's appreciate. Like a, if there's anything you could say to your younger self, what would you say? Oh man. That's hard. I could would say a million things, but the number one thing is don't be influenced by other people. Be your own mm-hmm. person. Yeah, that that is great advice. Actually, I think a lot of people will take that advice from this podcast. Yeah. Um, I know it's like some kids they'll be like influenced on. The, like especially weed i feel like weed's a big drug nowadays oh yeah and then now it's legal in phoenix where i live yep. like it's just recreational so you, anybody could go to the dispensary and buy it yeah so now it's just it's gonna i mean it's just gonna snowball from there you know yeah do you have any like conspiracy theories about like the drugs or anything because i know i have one that i can share with you that's like pretty interesting yeah go ahead i would love to hear it so basically my conspiracy theory about drugs is that the reason why it's illegal uh-huh. is because when you're high um you see the real world and how it is mm-hmm. and then when you're like sober it's what the what the government wants to show you Exactly. You know what? I totally agree with you on that. Totally agree with you on that. Like, it's crazy. That's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, like, I, I've been thinking about that. I'm like, you know, I, I think that's true. And I think the reason why they're legalizing weed is because um, they are, they're, like, put some chemicals in uh-huh. it. So now it's, like, everything else that's legal, that's fine. So now when you get high, you're going to see what the government wants you to see. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't that's doubt it. That's what I think. Because this government hides so much from us, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Like I don't, I wouldn't um, even want to get into that with you because I could probably talk for two months. <laughs> but um, yeah. Is is there anything else you'd like to say? Shout out to anywhere before we wrap up? No, that's that's just about it. Just a big shout out to Crossroads and Rehabilitation Center, and you know, just to all the staff there that's helped me so much, and just to my family for always being in my corner. And 
I mean, and big shout out to my sponsor and my pack of guys that I roll with. We call us the pack of kings yeah. at my church and Evident Life Church in uh, Mesa, Arizona. And that's it. Yeah, what, what would you give some advice to, like, other people recovering from drug addictions and alcohol? Um, Pretty much that there is someone out there that is willing to help you. You're not alone. Like, you're not going to be able to recover on your own. Like, you're not. It's not going to happen. Like, if you try to do it, yeah, so maybe one in a million uh, do it on their own. But you need help. And there's help out there. You just have to look for it, you know? And mm-hmm. and don't let other people influence you or your decisions. Like if you're in a toxic relationship where you guys use together or just whatever the case may be, don't let anybody else influence you. Yeah. All right. Well, where could they follow you at? Where can people follow Pretty you? Pretty much at? my TikTok. That's it. That's the only social media I have just because I don't. Uh, when I, last time I was out and Facebook and stuff, like a lot of people from where, like different neighborhoods that I used to gangbang with, like would see me on there. And I just, you know, I don't want no negative in my life. The only reason why I did TikTok is because I could show my recovery, you know? Yeah, that's good. That's a good way to put it out. I think that's very good. I follow you on TikTok. What's your TikTok? Uh, Frank Dog six six. It's a double. It's triple G, and then six six. Okay, for sure. All right. Well, you have yourself a good day. Okay, and okay. Well, just know that, um, you know everything will get better. And I think another thing you should also look into is that has helped me a lot is meditation. Okay. Yeah, I do meditate every morning. Oh, that's good. I meditate like every day. Yeah. I think that's one thing that's really helped. Oh yeah. mindfulness yeah you got to be mindful to everything we i learned about that in my therapy yes. all the time yeah so. and that's very important all right well i'll let you have i'll let you go okay all right but-